Hey, welcome to Journey Through Scripture. Hope that uh, your week has gone good. It's you've made it to Thursday. Only one more day is Friday, and then the weekend. So it's, it's gonna gonna be a, a good weekend. Uh, I hope that you enjoy uh, our time together uh, today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. So we are now introducing a new character. Uh, we are introducing Joseph. Uh, we are in Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Uh, we're going to be reading 37 to 41. I encourage you, again, to read uh, these because I'm not going to go in detail in, in all of the, the things that, that you'll read about. There's some really cool stuff. I kind of hit the high point, so I, I just encourage you. Make sure that you, uh, when you have time, to, to go and read uh, Genesis 37 through 41. So if you remember, uh, last time we ended, uh, Isaac has now uh, passed away. So remember, we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh, Isaac and Abraham have both passed away now. Jacob has 12 sons. This is where things really start to, to move to form this uh, nation of people. There's 12 sons. These are going to be the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph is one of those sons. He's not, not the youngest, but, uh, but right uh, above Benjamin. Uh, Joseph uh, we're introduced to him, and uh, he is his father's favorite. Uh, he was the first son of Rachel. If you remember going back to Jacob, Jacob loved Rachel, but then was swindled by Laban to marry Leah, and then Rachel, and then there was problems, so he also had uh, children with their uh, servants as well. So just a convoluted mess, uh, but it's making this wonderful family of God, right? But, uh, but Rachel had Joseph and Benjamin, and those are Jacob's favorites. And it's obvious, right? So Joseph is given this nice coat of many colors, right? Uh, so it's, it's a nice uh, coat that his father gives him. Uh, Joseph, being younger at this time, so again, sometimes I can remember, uh, you know, lessons and stuff saying, oh, Joseph was really kind of a brat and was arrogant and all of these things. And he kind of was, but he was also at that age where most people are kind of arrogant, <laughs> a little bit egotistical, right? And, and just imagine, he's the one that's given the nice coat. He's even, at that point, he even has a vision uh, from God that, by the way, turns out to come true. But when he tells his brothers, they don't appreciate it to him because what it tells them is that one day they're going to bow down to him. And so can, I can imagine my uh, middle school brother uh, <laughs> saying, you know, coming to me and saying, hey, I, God just told me <laughs> that you're going to bow down to me one of these days. Right? That, that doesn't go over well. So you have uh, Joseph's brothers, they're out tending the flocks. Um, and Joseph is going out to, to take them uh, some food and things like that. Well, they see him coming, and they say, as, you know, what brother hasn't plotted to kill their brother? Right? You know, so they say, hey, here's Joseph. This is a perfect time. We can get rid of him. We don't have to see that stupid coat anymore, and we don't have to hear about any stupid dreams that he has. And so they, uh, they're planning on killing him. Actually, Reuben... Uh, says no. Let's not kill him. Let's just let's 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 just put him uh, put him in a pit for a while, and then we'll figure out what to do with him. Uh, so they do that. They put him in a pit. Uh, Reuben's plan is he's actually going to go let him let Joseph go. 
But before he can, they sell Joseph into slavery. So he gets uh, sold to a, a group of travelers who are headed to Egypt. So Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. Not a good start, right? So Joseph, it's important to kind of get this big picture because Joseph, the story of Joseph Joseph is really important uh, for us to understand, again, God, how he interacts, uh, how God works. Um, Joseph started off, everything's going well. He's the favorite son uh, of Jacob, who is now called Israel, uh, who is with you know one of the main patriarchs of the covenant line of God. Um, he's going to have an important role in that. Now he's sold into slavery, uh, going to Egypt. You can imagine what he must be going through. It's like God, how? Why is this happening? How, how in the world could you allow this to happen? Uh, not only. Uh, how could you allow this to happen? How could you allow it to be done by my brothers? People who should be my protectors are the ones who betrayed me. So Joseph finds himself uh, sold into slavery. Uh, I do want to hit on chapter 38. Uh, this is just, again, it's so important. And this is rare that the Bible is so, it's easy to say, yeah, the Bible's true. Uh, but one of the ways that affirms that is that the Bible constantly tells things that are unflattering towards the heroes of the faith, right? You may remember if you look in uh, uh, talking about Jesus and the, the line of Jesus that he came from the tribe of Judah, right? that David, King David, came from the tribe of Judah. And so that obviously Judah is one of Joseph's brothers. Judah has this interaction in uh, chapter 38 that's kind of problematic, right? He talks about his family, and he has children, and uh, one of his sons dies. And uh, uh, so now the, the, daughter, the wife of his son uh, is on her own, uh, Tamar, and there's all this interaction that goes on, and uh, Judah gets drunk again, uh, is seduced by Tamar because Tamar wants to make sure she's going to be taken care of. Um, so she seduced and uh, seduces Judah. Uh, he sleeps with her, thinking that she's a harlot. Right? She kind of takes his uh, part of his robe and stuff so that she can prove. Well, she gets pregnant. Uh, Judah is like, oh, you know, she needs to be put to death. And then she says, uh, yeah, but the baby's yours. And so, so then he, he does bring her in and he takes care of, uh, of her. Uh, but it's just, it's, a, it's, it's an ugly situation, right? Because these are flawed people. But God still chooses to work through this flawed group of people. So we get to uh, chapter 39 and we see Joseph is a slave in Egypt. Uh, he ends up uh, being a house slave, if you will, to Potiphar. Um, and uh, he is so good at what he does uh, that Potiphar puts him in charge of his whole estate. Uh, now this is, and it's so important. Joseph has had the worst luck and could probably feel like he has been uh, discriminated against and is experiencing injustice and unfairness, and he has. But what does he do? He decides, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can in the circumstances I'm in that I'm going to do what is right, even though my circumstances are wrong, even though I haven't uh, received a fair shake. 
it could have been easy for him to say, you know what, this God that uh, my dad told me about and this God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, well, where is he for me, right? I'm in uh, slavery in Egypt. I'm just going to do whatever I want. No, he actually chose to continue to be faithful to God, and he was rewarded for it. Uh, he was a hard worker. So he all of a sudden finds himself the head of Potiphar's household. Well, Potiphar's wife uh, finds a liking to Joseph. Joseph is the first recorded pool boy in history, right? The, the lonely housewife who decides to have an affair with the pool boy. And that's who Joseph is. And Potiphar's wife wants to have an affair with him. Uh, but Joseph is not going to give in to that. Uh, that would have been the easy thing to do. And guess what? It probably, he would have been able to get away with it. Um, but he rejects Potiphar's wife, and then Potiphar's wife uh, probably wasn't too used to getting rejected, especially from a slave, uh, decides that she's going to throw himself uh, at, at Joseph uh, and do it in, in order to get him in trouble. And, uh, and so she kind of starts going after Joseph, uh, he runs away, leaving his cloak behind. But he's like, no, I'm not getting involved in this. Well, then she, of course, tells Potiphar that Joseph had tried to come on to her and all of this stuff. And so now Joseph is not in high graces of Potiphar um, and gets thrown into prison. So Joseph, in one of the 12 sons of Jacob in line with God's covenant, thrown in a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery in Egypt, uh, is a house slave, does as well as he possibly can, is lied about, even though he's doing the right thing, he, the consequence and the reward for doing the right thing is now he's in prison in Egypt. So the one step below being a slave in Egypt is being imprisoned in Egypt. So he finds himself in prison. Again, what does he do? Does he sulk? Does he turn his back on God? No, he's the model prisoner. And he actually gets some freedoms because of that. Uh, he's, he's given a task to do in prison. So he's just going about it. There's no reason to think he's ever going to get out. But he's d choosing to do the right thing even in bad and unfair and unjust circumstances. Uh, we have a couple of dreams that some different prisoners have. Uh, there's a, a baker from that's part of the royal, a royal baker that is close to Pharaoh of Egypt, uh, as well as kind of a food taster. Um, they both have dreams. Uh, God has given Joseph the ability to interpret those dreams. Uh, he does. They both come true. Uh, the baker, uh, unfortunately, his dream wasn't wasn't as pleasant, and he gets hung, um, which Joseph, unfortunately, talk about rough job. Hey, can you tell me what this dream is? Ah, yeah, you're about to be hung. But it uh, comes true. Well, there's, there was also uh, the chief butler, and Joseph just asked him, please remember me. Because right? he's like, hey, I've done something good for someone who's really close to Pharaoh, who has some uh, importance. So hey, remember me. Maybe, maybe I can get out of here and become a house slave again. Uh, but he doesn't. So he stays in prison uh, for uh, two more years. Right? It's vital for us to understand. We read these stories, and it takes us 20 minutes to read through. This is years that Joseph has now been in slavery, been in prison, 
uh, and he's just trying to do the right thing. Years of his life have been taken away through this injustice. Uh, but Pharaoh, uh, the king of Egypt, if you will, uh, has uh, a couple of dreams, and he's very disturbed by them. He calls his uh, interpreters, and they can't figure it out. And then his butler, his uh, food taster, says, you know what, I remember this guy in prison, maybe he's still there. He told me my dream, and it came true. And so Pharaoh uh, calls Joseph, and uh, Joseph interprets the dream. And what the dream basically means is that for the next seven years, they're gonna, things are going to be really well. Uh, there's going to be uh, plenty of rain. Uh, the harvests are going to be good, but that's going to be followed by seven years of famine that's going to be very bad and is going to affect the, uh, uh, the whole land. And Pharaoh's response to, to that, Pharaoh can see not only uh, does this guy know how to interpret dreams, there's something about him. Right? And so Pharaoh invites Joseph into his household and then ends up putting him in charge of making preparations uh, for this famine. That, that's really incredible when you think about it, that, that Pharaoh believed Joseph uh, enough that, uh, that he was going to put him in charge for something that wasn't, they weren't going to know if that dream was going to come true for another seven years. Right? But Pharaoh gave that to, to Joseph, and then so Joseph starts applying uh, his work ethic, uh, his desire to serve God and to do good, uh, no matter what his circumstances are, uh, and he starts preparing uh, for the seven years of famine that are to come. And I want to, I just want to, to close, we'll be uh, closing that there in chapter 41. I encourage you to, to read all of that. Um, but there, that is such an, it's such an important um, truth that we learn from Joseph is that you can be faithful to God and that doesn't mean that you're not going to experience unfairness and unjust and and injustice in your life. It doesn't mean you're going to be spared slavery and false imprisonment and people lying about you. That unfortunately is part of living in this fallen world, but you can choose how you respond to that. And Joseph did. He, he did what he could uh, which was take care of himself in the way that he responded to his circumstances. It's vital for us to understand that and, uh, and know that God was with Joseph when he was in the pit, when he was in slavery, when he was in prison, and God was with him whenever he was elevated to a, a position of prominence, that God was with him every step of the way, and Joseph chose to rely on him and to live in response to him no matter what his circumstances may be. Next week, next Tuesday, we're going to continue. I encourage you to read chapters 42 through 45, um, and, uh, and we, will, we will see how uh, this family situation uh, ends up having an unexpected reunion, uh, and it's, it's pretty neat to see. So I hope that we'll see you next Tuesday. Again, read Genesis chapter 42 through 45. We'll see you on Tuesday.